everyone, and welcome to our new show, IVPN Voice Live Broadcast, with um, a new series about book clubs. And today we are here with Dr. Yusuf Ahmed, and we will have a blast. Um, so without further ado, let's have some fun. And um, I know that many people know Dr. Yusuf Ahmed already, but I will have you just introduce yourself briefly for us. So. Yeah, go ahead. Thank, thank you, Serene. What a pleasure to be here with you and to be on our first LinkedIn Live. It's exciting. Um, uh, hi, everybody. Hi, LinkedIn community. My name is Yusuf. I'm a pharmacist based in London. I have a passion to help others, to help our pharmaceutical workforce, but also to help and inspire all those that are working in healthcare and what a time it is to be working in healthcare. And, and it's a pleasure to share some insights in some of the books that we enjoy reading that help us to inform our mission statements of life, but also inform us of how to live healthier and better uh, work-life um, environments. And it's a joy and a privilege to start with perhaps one of our most enjoyable books that is uh, the book written by Simon Sinek and it begins with starting with our why. Yes, it's actually a, a very interesting um, book I uh, and Simon Sinek, uh, you know, he's, he's a very famous writer. I will just give a brief uh, history about him. Um, he does have his own like book, uh, website as well. Everybody can go to simonsinek.com. Um, he shares a lot of ideas. He's a visionary thinker with a, with a rare intellect. Um, he devoted his professional life to help advance the vision of the world that does not yet exist. And this is uh, why I love his book. Um, it's a world in which the vast majority of people wake up every single morning inspired, feel safe, whatever they are, and end the day fulfilled by the work they do. Um, this, is, this is one of his uh, quotes. Because of his famous uh, books and vision, um, he was invited to multiple different international uh, leadership and businesses to teach and uh, talk about his vision to the big organizations. Um, with the help to change um, the culture and change the um, the, the culture uh, and inspire their employees, who um, was invited to uh, uh, many organization leaders, even that in the United States Air Force, the Marine Corps, the Navy, the Army. Um, so I'm very happy to talk about a little bit uh, about his book. Of course, we're not going to be able to cover it all. Um, but um, it's, uh, it's also available on YouTube and, uh, and many, many different, um, you know, uh, ways that you can actually read and, and listen to. Indeed, Serene. I had, I came across Simon Sinek's work uh, during his first TED Talk in 2009. That blew my mind. I think it blew many people's minds, to be honest. It's in the top 10 of the most listened to TED Talks. I think it's in the top five, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and he sold this concept of why, which we'll go into, I'm sure, very shortly. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, he is 
an unshakable optimist. That's how I describe Simon Sinek, especially when I read about him and listen to him. Uh, and he, he describes his ability to build a better future together under the auspice of your why. And I had also the pleasure to hear him speak live in London. And this was probably in 2018, if I recall. And and I had the opportunity to ask him a question directly. And one of the oh, questions, you did. Uh, yes, awesome. uh, it's wonderful. And and the question that I asked him was around how do we deal or how how best do we share our why with a wider audience? And you know his reply sticks with me even to this day. His reply was, "You do this by living." and breathing your why on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah. Your ability to find your why is difficult, but once you have found it, the real difficulty is living and breathing that every single day of your life. And that has stayed with me till this day because that for me is the essence of, of, of my everyday professional life living and breathing my why and my why is different to your why serene is different right. to the pe people listening to linkedin but that's what the real fun part of it is that's what the real unique part each of our whys is different mm -hmm. and yet and it can change with time yes you know? and when we're younger at uh, in that hours 20 um, versus when we're in their thirties, versus um, you know, it, it changes with time, and I think that is okay. Yeah, I tell you something. If if you were to ask me ten years ago, what is your why? I would look at you in a funny look. I'd be, what are you talking about? You know, I don't understand mm -hmm. what you're talking. You know, but now it makes so much sense. So absolutely, not only evolves over time, but also it be, the meaning of it evolves. You know, yeah, uh, and. And I think especially from our healthcare and pharmacy angle, I think that language isn't well established in our mm -hmm. profession and in, in our industry. And I think we could learn a lot from those industries which have got this nailed down. We could learn yeah. quite a lot. And um, in his book, uh, when he initially started to talk about why do we really need to redefine our way of thinking or our way of how we approach our work and organizations and how leaders can actually help their organizations have uh, a better culture and, uh, and more, and they inspire. Because he talked about how, uh, a metaphor about manipulation, yes. um, you know, how uh, organizations or even industries, they use manipulation uh, to gain more uh, followers or to gain more uh, buyers. So he, he uses those, uh, like a very interesting metaphor. He said, yes. those who manipulate circumstances to reach their end results, like there are two types of leaders, um, and those who have their end results and potential issues in mind from the beginning. And these are like the leaders that you really don't want to work for or they are not the ones who will have a long-lasting journey or will leave a legacy, basically. Yes, yes. And indeed, and he talks about how manipulation and inspiration, there's a very mm -hmm. fine line there. And, and, and it's vitally important to understand that manipulation doesn't breed loyalty. Mm -hmm. And coupled with that, in 
real inspiration builds teams and loyalty. So he talks about the real difference. And if we were to look at our organizations, we are subconsciously manipulated to believe in a certain way, to act in a certain way, without understanding the purpose on that. And I think this is where, which is very unique, why he, the book is, is titled Start With Why? Because that whole question can mean so many different things to so mm-hmm. many different people. But the purpose, I think, for with Simon's main point here and what I got is that when you start with why, it helps a company, it helps an organization, it helps individuals understand why they want to do what they want to do. And that's quite quite, quite evidently seen in the, in the first third chapter of the book. He says why is paramount because it gives organizations and people purpose. It gives them cause. It gives mm-hmm. them belief, and it gives them the rationale of why we exist as as a company or as a team. And I think that's is so simple, but so fundamental that if we don't answer that start with the why question, we are lost. Which is why a lot of companies, I think, uh, don't are, are finding it difficult to change culture or finding it difficult for colleagues to live and breathe values because they start with something that people don't understand. I think that fundamental why point is where we, from a very, very simplistic level, get to a common level of understanding if we all agree on what our why is as an individual and as a company. Exactly. And um, he just talked about the golden circle um, that I have it here in in front of us. Um, Basically, the why, the how, and the what. Um, He did mention that many organizations they can tell you really clearly what they do and how they do it. But when it comes to um, asking them for the purpose of why uh, they do what they do, this is where it can become a little bit difficult for them to analytically uh, say it or ex- explain uh, why they do uh, what they do. Um, and if we start with, and if any organization really starts with the why or with the purpose of uh, why do we do our work? Like, for example, as a pharmacist, I ask myself, why do I do my job? Why I go to work every day, inspired to do or to make a difference? Or um, and why do I go to work every day? This is a question that all of us we should be asking about. Uh, we should ask yeah. that question ourselves. Uh, for me, for example. Uh, knowing that when I go to and knowing that me by showing up every day, I am there for those patients, like for the purpose of my job, like like he's talking about myself, is like if I go to work every day and I can help those people who don't understand their medications, who are, um, they have low or no literacy in understanding medications and knowing what they what they take and how they take it. Um, and me being there, help them have a better quality of life and safer medication therapy. Um, I, I, it's just like for me, doing this every day, it makes my life and my profession more f- fulfilled and uh, will have yeah. a better impact. Yeah, so true. So true, Serene. And my why is to care for you so you can do the caring for people, you know. And if anyone was to to visit my LinkedIn profile, 
my title, my why is written right there, to care for those people that deliver the care for others. So that for me is, is absolute paramount in my why, and that shapes everything that I do. But going back to what Simon Sinek was talking mm-hmm. about, the golden circle, yes. he, def- he defines it as a naturally occurring pattern in the mm-hmm. way leaders think, in the way leaders act, in the way leaders communicate. Typically, those authentic leaders that understand their why communicate from the inside of the circle to the outside rather than from the outside to the inside. You know, mm-hmm. and that for yeah. me is very, very important because to inspire starts with the clarity of why. And chapter five of the book goes into depth in this. Um, it starts with the inside of that golden circle in order to determine the organization or the individual's mission, which is the what. You have to mm-hmm. understand the why, which is the center. So he talks about Simon Sinek talks about once you know your your why, you you can question the how, and then you can go yeah. and question the what. Yeah. That order of questioning is what the key part of the golden circle is. Mm-hmm. And, and and if you listen to any of his TED Talks, and I would I would tell everybody that's listening to this conversation to, to go onto YouTube and, and Google Simon Sinek and uh, his, his clips, he talks about how our neuro-linguistic neuro and limbistic, uh, 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 limbic system works by our thinking is is not in the in the what and the how our thinking is in the why so if you're not addressing the hardest part of our thinking which is the why you mm-hmm. never accomplish the how you never accomplish the what and right. you know simon goes into examples from different organizations he also goes into examples of the military how they're able to be altruistic because they understand their why mission yeah Exactly. It's very, very important, I believe, to start from the inside out, not from the outside in. And this is where you can have a long-lasting um, journey and uh, a legacy, basically. He did talk about how Apple, uh, uh, I have <laughs> I have my cash is trying to play with me as well. That's all right, <laughs> We love your cat. She, the cat wants so to listen in. not going away. You love it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> just That's give me right. a second. That's all right. I, I think while, while, while the cat wants to listen to, to why our conversation, and rightly so, you know, we have been a very interesting conversation. I think one of the things which this book really motivated me was to take some time to understand myself. And, you know, and, and Simon Sinek goes into that very in depth. He talks about articulating our values to give us a clear sense of, uh, of who we are, but also how we behave in any situation. And I think, especially in, in our healthcare settings, in our farm, pharmacy settings, we don't spend time understanding ourselves. We are too focused on the patient, which is right. But I think the focus also should be on oneself. And and I, and from my own experience, have found that in my early years as a professional, I was besotted about others because that's how my training was, rather than being being besotted about myself. And I think when reading Simon Sinek's book, especially this first book, it, it gave me some time to do some introspection you know, to look at what makes me tick, 
and then to make decisions based on that. And, you know, we talk about, you know, filling one's cup. You can't have, you can't fill anybody's cup unless your mm-hmm. own cup is filled. And one of the ways I've done that over time is to find what makes, what takes my values and doing and focusing on that more than focusing on what I think takes my values. Because quite often we don't understand our values because we haven't spent time under, time evaluating those. Right. He, um, I did like how he did uh, relate the golden circle to biology. Um, and mm. he did talk about the limbic system and the how it is, the limbic system is responsible for our how, for our how, uh, for our why and the how. And it's basically, this is the limbic system is responsible for our emotions uh, versus the neocortex is responsible for the what side. And that's responsible for um, the analytical thoughts and the language. Um, and that's why a lot of times uh, people will say, I wanted to do this project or I wanted to move or leave this job and go some, to do another job because it just feels right. I'm just, like a lot of times they cannot really explain it. They just it feels mm. like it's coming from the gut. That's because it's coming from the limbic system. Um, that's the why and the how. Uh, verse and but your neocortex sometimes will help you say these words. And many times he mentioned that in 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 not in, in literature it mentioned that decisions that actually just it's based on the neocortex, which is our analytical yes. and and um, and language, and they do they do work, but for a short period of time, and they don't last long, and they don't have a bigger impact. Versus the decisions or the jobs or the you know that that is based on our limbic system. You will mm. see people are more mot- motivated. They will spend hours and hours doing a job where they don't really feel that they're actually doing that job. Um, and it, it gives um, more longevity and continuation for, uh, for their, uh, for their uh, purpose or for their project. Yeah. Um, so I did, I, it, it was an eye opening, like understanding that it was like, that's why <laughs> I do what I do, you know? Indeed, and I don't feel indeed. tired. <laughs> indeed. But it's funny that, you know, I and it's a very scientific explanation, but mm-hmm. people within our within the, within the science field, within the pharmacy field, within the healthcare field, are very low in their EQ. Yeah. Are very low in their emotional intelligence, are very low in their deeper understanding of, of the explanation that you've you've so eloquently given, Serene. And and that for me is a very interesting dichotomy, how science can explain our emotion and what drives that. But those in that field fail to learn from it. Maybe mm-hmm. that's very a very general um, assumption. But I feel within the science field, within the healthcare field, we are not as robust as we should be in, in living and breathing and understanding the EQ side, which Simon Sinek goes into depth about, especially mm-hmm. in his in in his in his books that he's written after this, 
in which uh, which the Infinity Game is one of my favorites. He talks about you know how the system is one thing, how the person is another thing, and how we behave is the third thing. Um, and ultimately, we're better together, which is again an, another name for yeah. his book. But but unless we understand self. Unless we understand organization, we can't be better together. We cannot be better together because those funded foundations aren't there. Um, and one of the things that when I, in his book that stands out for me, and this is in chapter four, is that we trust those with whom we perceive common values or beliefs. Yes, I you love know? that. And I, I love that. I love that section. I believe in that statement. And the examples he gives, especially in his military context, mm -hmm. are a testament to that because it's very true. But yet in healthcare, in far in farm in, in pharmaceutical industries, we don't understand that to the level we should be understanding that. And it's weird because we care for people, we care for patients, but we don't necessarily care for each other as much as we should do. Yeah. What lesson, what lesson that we should take and, and live and breathe that. And essentially the meaning of the word trust, I think, is is not understood or it's the value of trust isn't there as much as it should be, as much as we expect it to be in the healthcare setting, which is very interesting. And and, and I think we 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 could talk about that point all night. But for me, one of the things that we need to take away from this book is how do we coalesce together around a common belief? And then how do we bring that uh, common belief to the masses? And that's, I think, one of our one of our challenges as a profession. Mm -hmm. I like that section and how he actually gave a very simple example um, that that's very true. Like if you, um, for example, if I'm Lebanese, I live in the U.S. and I'm walking down the street or sitting in a restaurant and I hear somebody speaking Arabic, um, I'd be like, oh, they're from Lebanon or oh, they know Arabic. Although you, they're strangers and you don't know nothing about them, but you feel right away there's a connection because as our ourselves as human, we are always in need to feel that we belong somewhere. Yes. Um, in an organization, you go, you're, it's your first day, you, you try to do your best to fit in. Um, and you try to find like these small connections between people that you feel like, oh, I can make friends and I can, I can feel like, um, you know, I, I belong to this place. And he gave an example about himself, like he was in Australia and then on a train and he heard an American accent and same thing happened. Like he looked at them, oh, you're from America, which country? Although he doesn't know them, they're from completely two different states as well. But they ended up spending some good times together, although they met them uh, on a train. So that, that connection that we sometimes fail to recognize, um, or these, these emotions that we fail to recognize or ignore at some point, uh, sometimes, um, it, it, uh, it, it makes us more uh, like a function like more like robots yes. in the work state in the work environment uh, versus where if we really pay attention to these there are a lot more stuff in common uh, between all of us than than different oh my god you can see I'm smiling there Serene because that that happens to me on a routine basis living yeah. in London living in London, coming from Scotland originally with a strong Scottish accent, um, 
it's easily identifiable. And I've had almost daily or very frequent occurrences where people from Scotland that live in London who are strangers to me come up to me or I, uh, and have a conversation because we're from the same area. And mm -hmm. you find that connection, that bond happens instantly and almost as if that that commonality builds that foundation of relationship with the individual who you don't have any idea who they are, but in that conversation based on a commonality of, of, of origin, you have a connection like no other. And, and then I think about what, how can we build that in our industry, in our profession? Because you would expect in our profession that we have a commonality, safety of medicines, patient mm -hmm. care, you know, right. we have a, that commonality, but when that strong foundation between people, that relationship isn't easily built around that, which, which is fascinating, isn't it? It's built right. around if I'm from the same country as you, but it's not built around, say, if I'm from the same profession as you, which is That's, interesting, isn't it? It is. It is. And, um, and we care, like, it is the profession of taking care of humans, you know? It's it's uh it's it's sad it's sad to say that um we go to a profession that uh, we're taking care of human beings and feelings emotions and in addition to their physical needs um where we end up they losing that sense of humanity with time um so it, it is a sad uh, uh, sad fact but I believe. Yes. Um, reading about it, like with like these examples from Simon Sinek and um, you know other a lot of uh, you know uh, literature about it, it, just help us be more aware of it and educate us and hopefully lifting our minds to the next yeah. level uh, versus yeah. being shallow and, and not you know and just being yeah. shallow and below normal. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, personally, it's transformed my way of thinking professionally and personally, this book. Yeah. And and it's I know it's touched a lot of people. And, you know, I've, I've, I've become I've become an ambist. I'm still becoming a person that that lives and breathes what I feel is right. And also, it's shaping my mindset when we talk about leadership. It's shaping my mindset when we talk about authenticity, and it's also mm -hmm. shaping my mindset when we become when we talk about decision making. Because, you know, with the absence of why, a decision is harder to make. I agree with that. And yeah. Simon talks about this in chapter four that if you don't understand that concept, then decision making is absolutely difficult. To get right because you're basing decisions not on what drives you on but what you think is the right thing to do and to be honest right means so many things to different people you have to understand the deep gut the deep why in you to make your decision true and this if, unless you actually understand it you cannot communicate it correctly to your people and they cannot really carry on that mission for you um, he gave many examples. One of them was Martin Luther King um, speech, uh, um, yeah. and then how the, we didn't have any YouTube, we didn't have any Facebook. That many people joined him on his uh, the day he, like I don't know, more than a million uh, person just because 
he believed in his cause, he believed in his purpose, uh, truly, and he was, um, and many people joined him to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, he did mention that too uh, in his book. He said the role of leaders is not to come up with all great ideas. The role of a leader is to create an environment in which great ideas can happen. You know, because yeah. um, I believe so like leaders, uh, true leaders, hire smart people to not to have them tell you what to do, but for us to tell you what to do. Yes. yes. <laughs> you know. So I tell you, Serene, I'm surrounded by people more clever than me, and I'm yeah. okay with that. I love that actually, mm -hmm. because ultimately I want to hire people that they can tell us what to do. I don't want to tell people what to do. And that can drive and that can build and change the way we deliver care or we deliver pharmacy. Um, there's a couple of last points, I think, in my mind that I want to mm -hmm. share with our LinkedIn audience. Um, Simon Sinek does go talk, he does go into leadership and what make what attributes leaders should have and what qualities leaders should have. And there's a couple of qualities I want to share with our audience. Um, Simon Sinek says a, a leader, a good leader has empathy. A good leader cares. So empathy, empathy is the bond between leaders and followers. So you need to have empathy. You need to understand what that means. And you need to understand how you, how that, how you live and breathe that. The second thing he talks about is a service, service ethos. You need to be selfless when you serve. You need to have an ethos to serve others. And that was very strong in all of his chapters. And there's one, there was a one point, uh, there's one statement in chapter six, which he talks about that um, uh, trust begins to emerge when we have a sense that another person or an organization is driven by things other than their own self gain. You yeah. know? So this ethos of serving others is very, very important. The third thing which strikes me very very prominently in this book is discipline because the author Simon goes into once you know your your why you then are able to question your how and your what so discipline comes from your why it drives you so that was quite strong in this book you know and to be accountable to yourself it's one of the hardest disciplines a leader has to to practice so that came quite hard. And the last thing I think uh, um, in leadership attributes is about innovation. It's about seeking people and points and and actions that drive innovation. And you know, chapter seven goes into this quite quite in depth. Is is understanding what innovation looks like through the eyes of actual innovators. So he gives lots of examples of, of, of great uh, uh, experiences when it comes to innovating. But innovation and driving innovation through the mastery of why was quite a strong attribute, which he believes leaders should have. So those four were kind of really strong in coming out in the book, which 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 for me was, was very insightful. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, he said that uh, great companies don't hire people and motivate them they hire already motivated people and inspire them people are either motivated or they're not unless you give motivated people something to believe in they're not really going to give you the um the work or the results that you're you're asking for or wishing um, to have um so yes i think we wanted to really cap our uh, discussion today to 30 minutes 
Although this book really, we should possibly do like multiple sessions about yes. <laughs> uh, the great learning, uh, learning experiences uh, that he shared uh, with us. So um, before we close, I will, I do have certain comments that I would like to share it with uh, with you, and maybe, you know, maybe you can help us understand uh, better. So I have Rada. I'm gonna show it, her question here. She said, why lead to knowledge? Uh, let me ask, let me see. I don't, under, I don't understand. I think she okay. just didn't finish her comment, but I'll show Ahmed. Ahmed Abdeldayim, he said, how can we help new generations find their why? Oh, yes, lovely question. <laughs> I think you need, I think you need to approach someone that you respect that understands this field and work mm -hmm. with them. I personally found my why by surrounding myself with people that that were also finding their why. So you can have a, either a peer group or try to find a mentor that can support you. Doing it by yourself is very difficult. It's not impossible, but it's very difficult. So I would recommend you find a peer group and work through it together. Find, or secondly, find a mentor. Thirdly, I would, I would recommend that you take some time to read. This is one of yeah. the things which is very difficult in our busy lives, but you need to read. So start by reading the book. That's yeah. a, that's your first start. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do like there's a, a, a nice comment from Suhail. So I'm going to show it here. I don't know if you want to show the whole. Yeah, it does. It's, uh, he said, it's very true that managers have to take care of their employees so the employees uh, can take care of the patients. I just paraphrased one of his talks. Unfortunately, in healthcare, the top-level leadership has little knowledge of direct patient care. Yes, and I'm unfortunately, <laughs> I see yeah. that a lot. Like a lot of them, they're not even like, from the healthcare. They're like from the business industry. Yeah. Or, have you seen that? Yeah. So I've got, I've got, I've got two opinions here. One, uh, one opinion I have, um, which is fast becoming my more mainstay opinion is that top level leadership, see, see the CEO office, the exec, their job is to look after you, Sohail. Yeah. Your job is to look after the patient, right? So that, that's, that's fast becoming my, what I feel is right. So my job is caring for my people. Their job is caring for the, for the people that we care for. But what I initially believed is that a, a true leader also understands or has some knowledge of a lot of things, such as patient care. So I do also believe, and this is my second opinion, that C-level executives should have a working knowledge, not experience, not mm -hmm. a, a high technical knowledge, but at least a working knowledge of what it means to be a healthcare provider, what it means to be a pharmacist, a medic, a nurse. They should have a working knowledge. So those are my two opinions. And I think those opinions are evolving, but I believe they they feel right to me. And I I take it that's what I believe and that's how I behave. I don't I'm not an expert clinically, although I was once. I I know my field. I know my field to a point where I can look at it and understand it. But my main job 
is to look after people like Sahil, people like Serene, so that they feel empowered and cared for to do their job. Yes, great. I wish we can duplicate people like you, you know? But I, I, I still have hope. I think we have hope. Yes. I am myself very lucky to work in an organization and with a great boss. I'm very lucky as well this year to work with IBPN and Samatapara. I think uh, I found a place where I can uh, fulfill my my uh, passion in, in two different ways, in a professional way at work to get paid for <laughs> and with IVPN to do things that I always dreamt of actually doing and meet people who I always wanted to meet. Um, so I'm, I'm forever grateful for this opportunity, to be honest. So I, we, we're just going to, um, I'm going to have Hanin join us. Hanin is one of our IVP peers. Uh, she's just going to join us to ask you a question live. Um, just for the gig. <laughs> Hello. Hi, I really like your life now. Hi. <laughs> I really like your discussion. I learned a lot. Thank you. I have many questions. Um, I've tried to um, summarize it. Um, okay. For the why, I think many people, um, yeah, uh, when they uh, open a company or like this, uh, their why would be to have money. So I think this is not a good why, right? Sure. Especially in pharmaceuticals. It's, <laughs> it's an outcome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I think it's the main goal for uh, the majority of people. And I don't sure. know if this is a problem or not. Maybe it's it's a good thing. I don't know. What, what, what a great question, Hanin. And thank you for coming on live to ask it. That's amazing. So I think... I think it's very true. I think it's very true. People have have that as their why to make money. But I can tell you a secret. The more you focus on making money, the less likely you're going to. Okay. And I've seen that I've seen that in my experience. In the first decade of my career, I was focused on myself, making money, better title, better salary. And at some point it's okay because people have have aspirations and they believe their aspirations are, are, are based on wealth. But as soon as I changed my focus, as soon as I changed my why, I made more money than I could ever imagine. Nice. And I I, I had more opportunities than I could ever imagine. Nice. I had more avenues to influence and change the perspective. And I had more people coming to me for 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 opportunities. And that's because your why has to be, we talked about this, about self-gain, your why has to be not at your gain. If your why is just at your gain, your why isn't right. If your why is the gain of a wider audience, you're more likely to achieve it. So I, I think there's a, there's a bit of making our colleagues, making people understand that it's not all about money. And I think that comes with a bit of wisdom and a bit of maturity. But also for people to say that as more you focus on something such as monetary gain, you're more likely not going to achieve what you want to achieve. Yes. Yeah. So true. Thank you. Thank you. I, Thank you, I have some other question. I don't know uh, how much time I have. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> you said the, uh, you should fill uh, your cup before trying to fill others' cup. So 
when your why is to help patients and you know how you're gonna do that how can it how you you're going to fill your cup when all your goal is your patients yes very good question and i love that question very good um so there's a couple of things to that there's a couple of things to that um one of the ways you can fill your fill your cup because your cup is to fill others' cup. That's what you're saying, you know. One of the ways you can fill your cup is accepting that you have to pause, accepting you have to stop, accepting you have to have a break. So mm-hmm. taking your yourself away from that situation that you continue to pour, like patient care, gives you a chance to recover, gives you a chance to reflect, gives you a chance to, to replenish your cup. So it's about stopping what depletes your cup. So that's one way of doing it. Mm. Another way of doing it is by having something that refills your cup at the same time as you refill other people's cup. Mm-hmm. So you need to find out what you need as an individual to remain topped. You need to find that out. And you need to find a mechanism that helps you to top that up as you continually top up other people's cup. So it's about some time to introspect and to find what makes your cup filled and, and, and combining that too. And the last thing I want to say, the last thing, and sorry, Serene, I can talk for ages. Oh, the no, go thing, ahead. I, I, enjoy, so I enjoy your uh, discussion. Thanks, Serene. The last thing I want to say is that we have come through a very difficult time in everybody's life, a very difficult time in everybody's life. There's there's a lot of mental health and well-being issues within our profession. So what we need to do is accept it. We need to accept that. And that's sometimes the hardest point, accepting how we are and how we feel. Wonderful. I think there was a, an echo somewhere. Okay, perfect. Anything else, Hanin? Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, great. All right. Very nice, very nice discussion. Um, I do agree with you. Like we really need sometimes to take a break, fill our cup, for us to be able to give. It's um, it's interesting. That's why it's important for the bosses to always encourage their employee to take vacation. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And 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 the last thing that I said, Serena, about accepting it, and we don't celebrate recovery enough. We don't celebrate people taking a pause because we naturally, as healthcare professionals, we feel regret, we feel bad that we're taking annual leave, we're taking a break, we're having a holiday, we're recovering, we feel bad. And I understand that. But part of my job and part of many people's job is saying to folk that you have to take a break. You have to celebrate you're taking a break. We have to empathise with you that a break is a good thing because you come back more energized, you come back more ready to go, and you come back at a higher level than if you just stayed. And and Mm -hmm. one of the things I've taken on this year is to celebrate our people. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Wonderful. All right. And um, I do want to read this and then 
close our discussion today. Uh, talked about novelty in his book, and that really touched me, novelty versus innovation. He said there, uh, there's barely a product or a service on the market today that customers can't buy from someone else for about the same price, the same quality, same level of service, which is so true. Um, so if you truly have the, a first mover's advantage, it's probably lost in a matter of months. If you offer, offer something truly novel, someone else will soon come up with something similar and maybe even better. But if you ask most businesses why their customers still their customers, most of them will tell you it's due to superior quality, features, price, or service. In other words, that most companies have no clue why their customers are their customers. And it's a fascinating realization. So I believe at the end, we really need to ensure that our when we're providing a service that's similar to any other service, um, like, for example, like the IVPN right now, uh, we're doing all these webinars. Uh, we have to really build this loyalty and trust with our customers and with our professionals. And unless we actually know and we're able to communicate uh, a novelty with our ideas, um, we're not going to be able to retain these customers. And in other words, if a leader is unable to uh, to pro to help the, their uh, employees to be innovative and have a, an, an environment that's safe to make novel things, um, he's not going to be able to retain them and keep them. So basically, you're just going to lose someone who does have uh, maturity, does have an innovative mind, and you're going to replace them with whatever it is, at least whatever available in the market. Well said, Sue. Well said. What, what a closing statement. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. It was a great experience. We're going to do this again for sure. Yes. Um, and this is going to be recorded on IVTN Voice, the podcast on Buzzsprout. Within, hopefully within a week, we are, we're going to share it. So everybody, if anybody have, um, didn't have a chance to meet us here, they will listen to us there. Absolutely. And LinkedIn community, follow Serene. She, oh, follow great. Yusuf. Follow, she isn't. Follow Serene. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you Serene. so much. Thank you. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you, you for watching. Bye. Bye-bye. And we'll end it.